So the simplest way I can define the main topic of today, in as much as it sounds like I'm jumping the gun, is I'm about to defend a pedophile. But before we get to that, I need to start by giving you guys a very interesting piece of information. Now, the city of Göttingen in Lower Saxony in central Germany has been the first place in the country that allows for topless women in all of their pools. And I know some of y'all probably already do that in your indoor pools, but this one is allowed in both indoor and outdoor pools. And the reason for doing that is it's a measure aimed at increasing gender equality. Very interesting. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I've always been against gender equality for the longest time. So I kind of have to admit that for the first time, I actually agree with this kind of gender equality. Hell, I probably promote it because if anything, you know, what else is more equal than nipples? Now, if this does not show how smart the Germans are, how thoughtful and how thought-provoking their thought process is, then I don't know what is. Because I don't think there's that many people that would have thought of trying to bring up more gender equality than to start by allowing women to move around topless. Because you kind of think about it, it's not like there's that many things that are the same on both sides of the gender scale. You know, it's not like the brains are the same size. It's not like one has a penis and the other one also has a penis or one has a vagina and the other also has a vagina. It's not like even their choice of profession is usually all that much the same. You know, women will move towards social sciences and guys will move towards more STEM subjects. But in this point in time, nipples are like the only thing that are similar. All right, maybe the size of the areolas, not so much, but all in all, Nipples occur both in men and women. So to think about how the Germans came to this conclusion is probably like they're all busy sitting together in parliament and they're like, yeah, we have been looking towards the growth of our inclusion exercise and we have been coming to a conclusion that one of the best ways to enhance inclusion is to push for more equality. With that in mind, we would like to begin with trials by allowing for more topless women in our pools as a first measure so that we can increase the male support and ensure that more and more people appreciate the equality. The benefits that come with the equality in the swimming pool is that we can ensure that better aerodynamics can happen as a result of better nipple placement on women and also because there will be more titties freed then we can expect a lifting of the nipples by approximately 7 millimeters as was done in a study recently thus ensuring that more of our women's titties will look more attractive to our fellow men increasing their reproductive desirability by about 72% and ensuring for more children that will ensure for much better economical growth thank you mr speaker Honestly, I don't know if that shit is a German accent or a South African one or a Chinese one or a mixture of all of the above. But honestly, I feel like that would probably sell because Germany is always big on like facts and being straightforward and being direct and shit. And to be very honest, like this is something I'd go behind. Like this is the quality that I'd like, you know, let them not wear bras so that, you know, Fashion over, which seems to be making a fuck ton of money, doesn't need to make all that much. But more so than that, you know, we can all admire each other's nipples. And, you know, we can we can learn on how to make each other's nipples better from each other. 
you know just saying but either way i would say that the best way of ensuring equality is to have them all listen to the same thing equally you know stuff like this podcast which they probably wouldn't have known if i'd have started not unless if they heard me beginning with the terms Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one Break Time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. Okay, actually no, fuck that shit. Let's do this one again now properly without the accent. Sorry, I had the accent switch turned on. Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one Break Time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who officially wants to go to Germany. Not just to stare at tits, you pervs. I actually want to go there and help with research into, you know, helping them stay level and not look cross-eyed and shit. He's a man who added running his mouth on his list of cardio workouts for the week. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. This show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex, and relationships show, where I get to talk about relationships and sex and stuff like that. Some people want me to talk about German tits. Usually some person might get irritated towards the end, but I usually come up with a particular conclusion. Now, if you don't agree with that conclusion, if you do agree with that conclusion, but you just want to give feedback, then the place to do it is at Breaktime on Westside on Instagram. On Facebook, it is at Breaktime on Westside as well. And on Twitter, you can slide into my personal DMs, which is at Bagaka the D. Leave your comment, leave your thoughts there. If there's something that you'd want us to discuss in the future, you can send it there as well. And if you are listening through an app that allows for ratings and reviews, a nice rating and or review would be highly appreciated. You know, keeps me up the charts you know, so that I can continue telling people that I'm a chart-topping podcaster because I am a chart-topping podcaster. And we can get this podcast to more and more people, you know? And for those of you all that didn't notice, there was an episode 300 that was posted up about two days ago. If you haven't listened to that and you feel like listening to me, you know, go on a very thought-provoking talk about a bunch of things, by all means, go and listen. It's my way of marking 300 episodes because I'm incredibly thankful to each and every one of you. And I sort of like to talk about the space a little bit whenever I'm doing that. So if you haven't listened to it, by all means, go and listen, enjoy yourself. And a massive thank you to each and every one of you that have been listening to this podcast pre-300 episodes. And also a massive thank you to each and every one of you that have decided to listen to this podcast, even though we've gone 300 episodes in. You know, it's a welcome space for each and every one of you. And, you know, have fun and shit. But anyways... All that said, we have a lot to talk about and time has really moved while I was busy trying to fake a German accent. And before I get into the main topic, I want us to talk about the WRC which happened this past weekend. You know, the one that made a good section of Nairobi sort of vacate the city just to go there. Now, I'm not gonna lie, considering that this is the second year running that we're having the WRC in Kenya, it was still a particularly interesting event for a lot of people to go. I'm guessing the turnout was a little bit less than last year, but still nonetheless, it's like the people who love road trips got a reason to, and the people who don't really do a lot of road trips got a reason to go for road trips. But all in all, it helped push the sort of Vegas behavior that a lot of Nairobians have. Like, you know how people usually say, you know, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, Nairobians have that same exact mentality towards any big events that happen outside of Nairobi. And there's about three or four major places that are known for that shit. Normally, the three main ones are Machakos, Nakuru, and Naivasha, for some reason. And the fourth one, which is sort of like a 50-50, because I guess a lot of people also go for couples vacations there, is the coast, which can be Mombasa, Kwale, Kilifi, and whichever other place you might be talking about or some shit but it's more or less the same exact thing people go and they commit 
as many horrendous sex acts as possible which sort of justifies the fact that if you went to Naivasha on Friday and you were trying to find condoms you probably would have an issue finding them and I kid you the hell not there was actually a report that went out and said that there was a shortage of condoms around Naivasha area I kid you the fuck not like people were intending on having so much sex they were like you know what i have to make sure i'm safe and i'm wondering what happened to all the nairobi people who are like you know what i could have bought condoms in nairobi but fuck that shit the liquor is more important because we need it for the road but you know what the sex the sex that one can come later and you know pharmacies everywhere and you can buy condoms you know as if you know liquor stores aren't everywhere as well you know <laughs> like you kind of think about it there's so much that happens in those towns there's so much that happens in those areas that you kind of have to look and wonder if most people are in nairobi just for the show of it because some of the biggest acts of infidelity actually happen out there as opposed to within nairobi in and of itself like if you actually remember i don't know if it was 2020 that i did this episode or 2019 hell maybe even 2021 possibly well, I did the episode of the Suzuki man cuckolded me. I think that's the name of the episode. And I shared this story of how some guy literally recorded a video about how he had fought with his wife and some guy had gone met up with a wife and gone to the room with a wife and he believed that they were screwing. Like, I don't know if you guys remember it. I even still have the clip here. Let me even play it for you just to sort of jog your memory for those that had listened to the episode and sort of give the people who hadn't listened the episode sort of like the backstory of it. So here it is. Okay. I came here to Naivasha with you. I didn't know I'm bringing someone for you to fuck. I'm so sorry for the drama I caused. But it's okay. Baby, I still love you. You have a history with this guy? It's okay. It's okay. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Just finish fucking him. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I, I I, could genuinely hear and feel the pain of this guy when he was busy talking about the entire story. Like, I know this is like a piece of the clip, but it sort of gives the whole backstory to everything. And if anything, in as much as yes, this guy's situation is probably one of the more extreme ones, it does sort of paint a picture as to what it is that happens when people go to Naivasha, when people go to Nakuru. You know part of the reason why it's referred to as nax vegas and it's also a part of the reason why some people might go to places like machacos and shit like people are going out there and they're screwing a lot but this time with the wrc it feels like people were just not even hiding it anymore to the point where there was a shortage of condoms in one town like nairobians i know we're sort of normalizing a lot of this shit but please just try and keep shit on the low just please just please but anyways all that said and done we do need to move things on so let us move it on to our main topic of today now for those of y'all that aren't particularly familiar with hip-hop or hip-hop news and gossip and shit there's a guy on it who has a particularly interesting reputation known as dj academics now dj academics has been known for exposing a lot of people in the industry and what it is that they do behind closed doors and the stuff that they do to other people behind closed doors that the artists and the people around the artists themselves wouldn't openly come out and say now 
he has sort of gotten quite a bit of criticism and quite a lot of hate but there was a clip that sort of surfaced online about a week a week and a half ago where he was busy talking about sex with underage girls now i'm gonna play the clip for you and we're going to talk about it because i feel like there's a lot that needs to be talked about right so let me play the clip for you so here it is and to keep it real, if you think about it in the bigger scheme of things, there's not much difference between a 20 or a 17 or a 21 and a 17. Just kind of mean one's a minor and one's not a minor. But I will say, listen, I adopted this rule, which I think it was fine. I said, listen, man, as long as the chick got a college ID, she's getting fucked. I don't care if she's 17. I don't care if she's 17 and a half. I don't care if she just turned 17. She's going to get this dick. All right. So. That's definitely very, very much to cancel this guy for. And the guy received quite a lot of backlash on this particular audio clip from the online community. And if anything, it should be just cut and dry. Let's cancel this guy. This guy's a pedophile and we should drop him immediately. But fortunately or unfortunately, this is a break time on Westside. And I don't think the show is supposed to end in however few minutes it's been or however many minutes it's been. So, of course, you know that I'm going to say something about this. And I have to start by admitting this clip wasn't actually even supposed to be the main topic for today or at least for this particular episode. It was actually supposed to be the rant on Tweet Street that came last week, the last Tweet Street episode that came before this one. And the thing is, I was so ready to talk about it and I even did talk about it. The only thing is I ended up removing that clip and putting another one on the rant, mainly because I ended up spending so much time on this particular topic to the point why I ended up eating into the time that was set aside for the tweets. Now, normally I usually start the rant somewhere around the sixth minute, and I usually try to end it somewhere around the 10th or the 11th minute. Now with this one, I had gone all the way till the 13th minute and I wasn't even done. So I just figured, you know what, let me take this aside and let me discuss it on its own. Now, one of the most interesting things about discussing a topic like this is if you do anything but oppose what this guy said, if you do anything in defense of what this guy said, you will be looked at like a pedophile. Or at the very least, you will be looked at as an apologist for a pedophile or for pedophiles or anything of that sort. So I'm going to do something that a lot of guys, a lot of straight guys have done for a very long time to show that they're not gay and, you know, sort of give a warning beforehand. So let me start by saying this. I am not a pedophile and I do not take interest or desire or even endorse the committing of sexual acts with kids and or anyone that is regarded to be a minor in the legal and public eye. And in some way, that should work sort of the same exact way guys will say no homo before they say something that might sound particularly gay to their fellow man. Now, that said and done, I can very well say that I do not completely disagree with what this guy says. Because to a certain degree, what he's saying is the truth. If you look at human anatomy, and with my very little knowledge on human and more so female biology, I do not think that a woman's pussy is going to be different when she's 17 and the moment she turns 18. Like... The vagina is still going to be the vagina and it'll probably feel and probably still be the same from when she's 17 to the point when she's 18. It's not like when she turns 18, the pussy automatically changes or it, you know, matures to a certain degree. I think it's still more or less the same. Now, on top of that, 
he is kind of right. You know, the difference between a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old is one is considered a minor and one isn't. And you kind of have to look back and you'll kind of realize that the idea of what a minor is has sort of been changing and adjusting for a long time since time immemorial. Now, you might find that if you go and you look at old African cultures, you know, some boys were considered men right after they got circumcised. Some of them got circumcised from the age of like 13 years old and they had to go and kill a lion and come back with it. You know, some of them were getting circumcised at the age of like 20 something and that was when they were considered adults. You know, even with other cultures elsewhere, the idea of what an adult is, you might find, is actually something that was pegged only on were you circumcised or not. Now, over time, we have come up with this whole arbitrary, this sort of moral code of what is considered a minor and what isn't. And legally speaking, that has been put at the age of 18. But in reality, there's even some states in the US where adults can actually have a relationship with someone from as little as 16 years old. So there is kind of like a bit of a gray line there. And I'm sure there's some of you that are ready with pitchforks and stones ready to virtually stone and pitchfork me and cancel me and shit. But at least let me speak on his behalf. He actually came out on a live stream soon after that. Something that I found out the morning before I decided to shoot this episode where he actually spoke about how that was actually a clip that was taken from another video that he had done and he was actually talking about that in relation to the college dynamic and that very vital piece of information is something that a lot of media sites and you know media outlets have actually not come out to clarify which is actually a bit sad because that's very critical information because the moment you tell us that the moment you add that in there it actually shows how plausible what it is that he said is now, don't get me wrong, I am someone who has openly spoken about if you're going to have sex, you know, don't do it unless you're like 18 and above. And I gave my reasons for that and I've spoken about that numerous times. But what he said still goes hand in hand with something that I actually did talk about a bit of a while back. And it's the concept of the grey line between the age of around 18 to 21 or 18 to 22. And what I had said about it was, you find that a lot of people at the age of 18, because now they're officially adults, it's like people expect that they will never go ahead and have anything with someone who's like 17 or 16 years old or even 15, you know, if they're really pushing it. But they're expected to go up as high up the age ladder as they'd want to because now they're officially an adult. But you find that someone who's like 19 or something, if they're seen as a 17 year old, it's automatically considered pedophilia or some shit. And I felt like that was a little bit unfair because there are some teenagers who will be in relationships for a long time and are you going to ask them to get out of that relationship because one of them is now legally referred to as an adult, which I found to be particularly weird. Now, a very good example is a babe that I actually know from like back in university days. When she checked in, she was 17 years old. She had been in a four-year relationship with her boyfriend who was 20 years old at that time. Now, let's be particularly honest, if you just went and told someone that a 20-year-old is in a relationship with a 17-year-old, they'd probably be ready to call the cops just by that little bit of information. But if you look at a four-year relationship, this babe was getting into a relationship with a guy when she was 13 and this guy was about 15, 16 at the time. So it kind of makes sense 
why they'd be together for this long time and this guy would seem like so much of an adult and she still is considered as that much of a kid. So I did sort of talk about how the grey line probably should be enforced to a certain degree such that it can allow for you know the people that are just becoming adults to sort of have a chance to go and date people that are younger than them and it also gives the allowance that they still have the freedom to go and date people that are older than them if they want because it's not like people who just turned 18 will stop having anything to do with 17 and 16 and even 15 year olds now in as much as i will propose that gray area does that mean that i agree that you know people should be going out and dating 17 year olds interestingly enough no I don't think so. That's not something that I'd very well push for. Like the only time I think I ever really tried to look for anyone that was under the age of 18 after I turned 18 was between the age of 18 and just before I turned 19 because at that point in time I hadn't even started university, I was sort of still working. So my social circle was mostly adults and I'd be looking for people around my age or slightly younger that I could sort of have a thing or a relationship with. Now, when I checked into uni, of course, you know, as first time freshman, you know, you're obviously going to want to explore a lot. But it's not like I was trying to do it with anyone who was under the age of 18. Mostly because when I turned 18, one of the best things that happened was a homie of mine texted me and was like, happy birthday, Denver. You're now officially legal enough to become a pedophile. Now, that was a joke that was said in passing, but I've taken it seriously ever since. But more so than that, using a college ID, using a university ID as a measure of someone is legal enough to fuck is a very, very bad boundary to have because it's almost like a moving target. Because there's people that will check into university at the age of 17, hell, maybe even 16, and are they going to be considered fuckable just because they're in university? You know, there's people who are in university and they're at the age of 30 and shit. So do they have that same level of freedom with a 17 or a 16 year old? Like, I know a guy who checked into university when he was 14. The guy was like a mad genius and everything, and he finished at the age of 18. Does that mean that just because he got campus ID, he could screw anyone who was above the age of 20 and so on and so forth? Or would that person over the age of 20 be considered a pedophile? And I know that that seems like a 1 in 10 million or a 1 in 100 million case, but it is a case that does allow us to sort of ask that question again. Should the college ID be a viability tool for whether someone should be fucked or not? And as a guy, it actually becomes even more tricky when you look at how some high school babes might look extremely fire, have a banging ass body, but because they're in high school, we can't do anything. Now imagine if they're in high school and they're 18 or 19 years old and they already have their ID. Does the college ID rule allow that we wait for them to join college and how long will that take? Does that mean that we should be biased towards people who go to college because they're possibly smarter or they started school earlier as opposed to someone who might be of the same age, someone who might be of legal age but might be in high school? Like that kind of does raise the question of the moving target that is the college ID as a boundary. And to conclude all of this, let me just put it like this. To be very honest, I feel like a lot of this is very tricky for almost no reason at all. I don't think guys at a certain age should really be trying to be going after teenagers. Just let me just be honest and say that. I feel like if you're a guy and you're in like your mid-twenties, you should probably be going for someone who's in their twenties because it's probably even better for you than going for someone who's like 18 or 19. But you know what? That's just me. That aside, you can use the college ID thing 
as sort of like a defense because there's that assumption that anyone who's in college anyone who's in university is probably a fully grown adult and in some respects it could give you a bit of leeway if you're within that gray area of say 18 to 21 or 18 to 22 or some shit but as a mindset to have I think that is more toxic than it is beneficial to you as a person because it's almost like giving yourself permission to cross a boundary that you shouldn't even be crossing and if you cross it the first time and you like it you might end up crossing it again and again and you might even go younger and younger and that's just putting yourself into more trouble harming more people and that just overall makes everything worse so if anything you shouldn't have that as a mindset anywhere close to you just go for someone that's you know closer to your age you know if you're above the age of 18 you should probably be going after people who are you know 20s going up 30s going up like most people will not really give too much of a shit if you do plus if anything if you really feel like that person who's under the age of 18 is so desirable that you want them so much wait for them to turn 18 exercise a little bit of restraint like you can be fucking someone else who's above the age of 18 while you wait for that person who's like 15 16 17 to turn 18 once they turn 18 then you can go and shoot your shot by all means it's not like they're getting married the moment they clock 18 so you probably have a much better chance than you think you do but all in all all of that said i might be wrong about all of this i might have a little bit of truth with all of this but i want your thoughts on it the dms are open on ig it is at break time on west side on facebook it is also at break time on west side and on twitter you can slide into my personal dms which is at bagaka the d thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and if you are listening through Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and i will attend to them accordingly and i will catch you guys on the next break <laughs>